0: The absolute end of the world. What do you know about it? I know it played once. Opening night premiere of the Festival International de Cinema Fantastique des Siches. Violence erupted in the theater. When Hans Bakovit, the director, tried to get it out of the country, the government seized it and destroyed it, not realizing it was a work in progress and his only print. He quit the business. That film's only been seen by that one audience. You did your homework, but the government didn't destroy the film. And welcome to Strange Highways, I am Paul. Hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Uh, The the last show we did on Strange Highways, we talked about the Devil's Reign, we had our friend James on, Uh, you know, Ernest Borgnine was a goat man, it got weird. Uh, Ernest Borgnine as a goat man wasn't here with us, but we talked about him as a goat man. I feel like he was here. Yeah, we We felt his presence. The the spirit of Borgnine is always with us, and it's actually, (laughs) since we are into December, a happy Borgnine to you as well, I don't know what that means. Uh, But... Uh, So we did take another week off from the show. Uh, We we promised that we're not going to like do this one again, off again. Like, you know, we're committed to you guys. We love you. Like stay with us. We can change No. (laughs) Um, We're going to like, I believe we're actually going to go all the way through December. We have like what, five weeks or something before we get to the new year before, uh, before we get into the eighties twilight zone. So, uh, we've been doing our detours after finishing the original series. This is a twilight zone podcast. Um, you know, if you look back the last couple episodes, that may not be evident. However, go back. We have five seasons worth of, sorry, seven seasons worth of twilight zone stuff to get into Uh five from Rod two from Jordan Peele. Go check that out. Um, with all that being said, Terry did come on the other show that I do uh, last week before um, Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good holiday. And we went to talk about the Cinematic Classic, Chopping Mall. So I'd highly recommend going over there. It's, it's, a, it's a little longer episode than we normally do here because it was just five uh, five idiots, five friends talking about Chopping Mall. Mall experiences. One of us actually was a mall like um, third shift security guard. And he had some stories. Go check that out on Invasion of the Podcast. It's episode two ninety nine, uh, and we also had some Black Friday deals that you know have since elapsed. But you should go check that out anyway. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, prepare yourself because uh, you know it's it's a long episode too because <laughs> it's, it's but it's a lot of fun. I had a, a
1: great time on there. Thank you for inviting me on, Paul, and uh, uh, of course uh, Steve is always uh, gracious to have uh, invited me into his home, his domain that is. Invasion of the podcast. I thought you were know,
0: going to say strange highways. I'm like, that's yeah, sure. Everybody owns this one. That's fine. <laughs> so, so here we are again. We're like, so we're still taking a detour. Um, we had talked after the devil's reign that uh, we'd be getting into the masters of horror series. Um, this was something that um, I, I've only seen the one episode, which is we're getting into season one, episode eight, John Carpenter's cigarette burns. I had seen this previously, but in terms of the series itself, I have not actually seen any of the other episodes of Masters of Horror. I know, Terry, are you more familiar with this? I am, yeah. There are some really good episodes. Um, it's something that I've
1: kind of like dipped in and out of the show. I didn't watch it when it uh, initially aired, but there is some really good stuff here. Uh, Pelts is a really interesting episode. With, uh, meatloaf is in that one, so if anybody gets a chance to watch
0: Peltz. I thought you were going to say Meatloaf was the name of an episode. I'm like, okay. There is I, some
1: Meatloaf in yeah. yeah, Check check out Peltz.
0: Uh yeah, I think we might revisit this. We'll see. Oh, for sure. Um, no, like, because this is Mick Garris. He actually was the guy kind of put it together. Yep. Um, I do like according the Wikipedia. So, like, like I have this knowledge because I don't. I'm just reading the internet right now. That um, at one point, Garris invited some people out to dinner. And so uh, the, among them were John Carpenter, Larry Cohen, Don Coscarelli, Joe Dante, Guillermo del Toro, Stuart Gordon, Toby Hooper, John Landis, Bill Malone, and Mick Garris. And uh, they had a lot of fun. And I, I, it looks like Del Toro at one point actually wished somebody nearby a happy birthday from the masters of horror as he, like, and so that kind of just stuck in Garris's head and he got this put together where he's like, let's get a lot of big names. And then also later on, uh, you end up getting our Dario Argento, Eli Roth, Wes Craven, Cronenberg. Um, I should say David Cronenberg cause there's two of them now making movies. Hmm. Um, cause his son. Yeah, his now, son yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie, uh, Tim Sullivan, Brian Singer. Um, uh, we won't talk much about him anymore. <laughs> uh Fred Decker, uh William Lustig, like, like, there's a lot of names being brought into this, right? So, yeah, um there's um this this seems like this was like the right playground for these people to do like one-hour films. And for Showtime meaning there was a little bit of a budget at the time because this did come out um in like 2005 to 2007. Uh so <clears throat> we still we weren't quite at like the big streaming thing now, so it's still kind of cable, premium cable, right? Um, so there was a little bit of a budget. You're bringing a lot of creative people together and just letting them do their own thing and calling them masters of horror. You kind of call your shot. So I think it's a really cool experiment. It it was, it was great to see that Mick Garris did this. Uh,
1: and it, it, what you just said was completely true. Uh, that, Uh, For once,
0: I got something right on the show. Hooray.
1: So Mick Garris has his own podcast. Uh, There's no affiliation here, but I want to put this out there. If anybody likes Mick Garris uh, and the things that he does, he's a very talented guy. He seems like a really cool dude, too. He has a podcast called Postmortem. Uh, I I absolutely adore listening to it. He brings some of the most influential and intelligent people when it comes to horror onto the podcast to talk about the genre itself. And it is just, it is awesome to hear uh, his insight into all of the things he's done. And like him being attached to this, like, you know, he is a true fan of the genre. And when he put this together, he, he it was kind of like by happenstance because of that. And it just manifested in such a way that like he he's like, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this yeah. because like it's fan service to myself and then everybody else who you, loves you the get genre. all these
0: people that are known for what they're, what they're good at. Right. well, I mean, sorry, they, they've had, they've, they've done great things in horror that they're remembered for because I don't want to like pigeonhole these guys in just horror. Right. Yeah. Like, um, but like, and this is also something they love. So it's like, yeah, all right, hey, hey, hey. What if we give you an hour and you get to go just be weird and do your own thing? Like this was this was really fertile ground, um, and this is a series I do want to like get more into. Um, I do remember at the time when I was working at Blockbuster, uh, Ash Parents, it was the thing um, that a lot of these were actually put out as like like either like individual discs or like two part like one and two like you know. And I remember the cover art. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I remember seeing a lot of the cover art for a lot of this because this was also around the same time. What was the name of that uh, film series? It was like um, eight shocking films or whatever it was that was put out. Oh, uh, eight. yeah, I know. Uh, after of- the After Dark Film Fest or what it was called yeah. something like that. Um, they they was the ones that also they'd come out around this time because that was like I think Fangoria. Or somebody actually had those films. Like it was, you could tell they're trying to get like shelf space by putting some of this out. Like you know,
1: the Fear itself series. Or that, there was well, that
0: too. Well, that ties into this too. But there was, um, there was. I think uh, Fangoria supported a series of films at the time that they'd put out that all had kind of similar like boxes, but the art was a little different. But that's neither here nor there. Fear itself, actually, funny that you mentioned that. After. um masters of horror did not get picked up for a third season mcgarris went over to nbc and was like hey i got this thing and they're like yeah and he's like i can't call it masters of horror they're like well what if he's called fear itself or whatever and so it ran for it was only 10 episodes i think and only five of them actually broadcast yeah so
1: he was a little bit more hampered uh during that production uh, production well because that.
0: that was like like basic cable and also nbc i'm sure was like we have notes you know? yeah so uh so that was a spiritual sequel to this right um. So, yeah, I just remember a lot of the shelf space being ta- taken up by this kind of stuff. And that was okay. It's just, I don't know, sometimes... Working at a video store, and I didn't mean to get into this conversation, when you're putting movies away and you're around them all the time, sometimes a lot of the cover or, or art styles kind of blur after a while. And you're like, I have no interest in any of this. And it's not it's not a knock and smash horror. It's just, like, you could tell if art styles and, like... <laughs> there's, you kind of, you kind of get like this point of like, I'm good. I don't like you, you are aiming at a certain audience and I don't know if I'm that. Um, and that's nothing against master horror and that's neither here nor there. So anyway, um, so with that being said, like I said, the season one, episode eight, uh, air date, uh, 12, 16, 2005. Um, I was going to look up day and date stuff, but like the number one song was a Chris Brown song. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to celebrate Chris Brown. So let's just move right on from there.
1: Moving <laughs> like, along. yeah
0: So, um, who do we have doing what here?
1: All right. So obviously you mentioned uh, Mick Garris being the creator of this. He was also your executive producer, or well, one of them. There was a lot of executive producers on this series. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if anybody wants to investigate uh, Mick Garris a little bit more, uh, he, you know, he is attached to uh, Sleepwalkers. And he wrote, uh, he directed uh, Psycho 4 and he also uh did like countless other films and like he's just he's all over the place he he wrote some of the episodes and directed one of the episodes of amazing stories as well like that's kind of how he got his start as a director too so check out uh mick garris's uh filmography he seems like a really great guy like i said earlier uh, and then our director here is uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of him but uh john carpenter john
0: carpenter
1: yeah i don't know
0: uh you, Halloween? Yeah. Anybody heard of Halloween? Well, I mean, there was that one that came out this year, right? Is that the same? I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, it's John Carpenter and it's like, it's what, Terry, and I, one of our favorite directors, creators of all time. Right. And as much as we're going to, we're going to say that I'm also going to openly admit that I've not seen this entire, um, work like, but you know, but the ones that I have seen of his, like, uh, you know, you can, the thing, the thing to me is like a perfect movie. And again, it's how I feel about it. I'm not going to try to convince somebody. Otherwise, I don't see a single problem with that movie at all. No, it just, it it's just, it's better and better each time we watch it. And we're going to um, see it again. Soon. We're going to see it this weekend. Woo. Yeah. In, in the actual theater, um, and I, I hope there's people there. have never seen it before. That'd be really funny, but, um, no, so I adore that film. Um, we, you and I, recently sat down, um, unrelated to any podcast, and watched Christine, which I think that's a really good film, and not maybe not one of his. Um, yeah, I see your um, your Halloween three. Um, yeah, I'm the, wearing
1: yeah. my Halloween three silver yeah. shamrock shirt. Which, I, I, yeah, that was his love child
0: too. He had to have that, you know. Yeah. like I, it just, I, the Carpenter, like it just. I I'd hey, say man. I could say he could do no wrong, but he can do wrong. <laughs> you know, like, this is true. Like, I mean, he's he's human, right? But. I just, I love when, when he, when he's on, he is on, you yeah. know, like, and, um, and knowing that this was like one of his last three director outputs that he did. Cause I see that he did another episode in season two of this called pro life, which I need to see now. Um, and then he went on to do the ward, which people have said is not great. And I remember watching at the time and thought it was okay. Um there was some really interesting shots in there not you know not his strongest work and then he's directed some music videos and all he wants to do now is make music and smoke cigarettes smoke cigarettes play video games and eat chicken that's all he wants to do and i respect that if you got that point in your life where you're like, you know, as a creator, I'm good. I'm just going to make music and eat fried chicken and smoke cigarettes and play Call of Duty or whatever. That's cool. And do like,
1: commentary on uh, a lot of different stuff too. Like yeah. he did a great commentary on Halloween for the super fancy uh, box set the Screen okay. Factory put out. Thanks. And It's it's him and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. It's, it's, it's awesome. not He
0: doesn't. It's not that he distanced himself away from things. It's just that I think he just you hit a point where it's like I don't want to do this this thing anymore. But you know what I mean. So, like, if you also want, if you want to hear one of the funniest things ever, I mean, funny as it, it exists, go back and listen to the original commentary track for the thing with him and Kurt Russell, because Kurt Russell just laughs at everything that John Carpenter says because he's clearly entertained by him. But just the amount of inherent smoking you hear, just just smoking, just John Carpenter just, just going after it during this commentary. And, he just, and every time the hat uh, Macready's hat shows up, they make a comment about it, like. <laughs> It's just I we love Carpenter and yeah. uh, total fanboys yeah. here. So yeah, Escape from LA is our favorite film of his. No, um, I'm kidding. But that's Escape from LA. It's not terrible. Oh sure, okay. It's, it's not terrible. Ter- <laughs> I'm choking up this talking.
1: Could about. be vampires, saying, uh, you know, like or Ghost of Mars. Eh, you know, <laughs> it's a, moving yeah. on. Uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, so we love we love John Carpenter. Yeah. And the fact that you, you man you wanted to bring this up, I'd seen like I said, I'd seen this before years ago, um, and I was glad to revisit it. So. Yeah, I, I also love that anything he does has to have his name in front of it. Like even with this, it's like John, John Carpenter's, Carpenter's cigarette burns. Yeah. You know, like from his own you know. cigarettes. And he puts um, he put he was putting them out on the assistant director's head the entire time. You know, <laughs> so, bring, bring me chicken. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> so I uh, and then into uh, our writers we go. Oh, I want to mention real quick music by Cody Carpenter, his son. This is the first the first uh, outing that his son actually did the music for a production. So and now that because of the new halloween films with david david gordon green cody is like a part of that as well making the and music and
1: cody's a part of his band so when they go on tour yeah. they he actually performs the music with him as well a very talented guy too like he really knows how to do scoring
0: really well i mean i'm sure his dad helped but you know with guidance yeah he's like listen son the only only instrument you're going to learn how to play is a synthesizer and that's it
1: I'm cool with That's that.
0: That's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to name you Moog, but that would have been weird. Moog Carpenter. But here you go. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: and our writers are uh, Drew uh, McQueenie? McQueenie. McQueenie, yeah. McQueenie huh? Yeah. All right. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like, huh. Yeah. And, and then I'm going to mention uh, the second writer on this here because uh, they co-wrote the other episode, Pro Life, yes. that you were talking about, but... Rebecca Swan so they they seem to be a writing duel um, not a whole lot that they contributed to otherwise that I knew of but the pro-life I know of
0: so. yeah so they um, th- this gets a little complicated well one Rebecca Swan was originally known like previously Scott Swan um, like they you know they have since transitioned so I'm glad that we're like calling Rebecca by Rebecca's name that's that's good to, to, to point out but in terms of Drew McWeeny. He used to write. This was years ago for Ain't It Cool News. Um, I don't know if you'd ever actually looked at that site. Uh, it used to be like one of the big, like, go-to places for like you know insider information of like, like cool stuff, right? And there was also a lot of people that write reviews. Um, he actually wrote under the pen name of Moriarty and actually had some pretty good reviews there. Um, other people that you might know is Robert C. Cargill used to write for Ain't Cool News, and he's actually the co-writer of Sinister.
1: Okay. And he's yep.
0: also um, co-writer of the first Doctor Strange film. Oh, cool. And he's actually the co-writer of that phone, that movie coming out, The Black Phone, that's coming out soon with Ethan Hawke. Um, okay. Yeah, so he, he used to write under that. Um, there's another gentleman, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he had the, the pen name of Capone, and his his reviews are amazing. And he's still out there doing reviews under like his actual name for like, a Chicago trade. Anyway. Any cool news used to be like this thing, right? And then uh, over time, um, <laughs> Harry Knowles, who is a piece of shit, uh, was found out to be a piece of shit. Um, so the, the 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 thing here was supposedly when, when McQueenie left, he was leaving any cool news to start something called hitfix.com. And if you type it into a browser right now, it redirects you to um, what was UpRocks. So you can tell you how far Hit hitfix went, right? So it got absorbed by UpRocks. Maybe he got bought out. I don't know. Uh, he hasn't written anything for a couple years for UpRocks, so I don't know what happened there with him in terms of his review output. The big thing is that there was some controversy because there was um, oh something that Harry wrote favorably of and didn't reveal that Drew had like actually been part of the production. So Harry was like broadcasting it on any cool news, and then it was found out later that like, one of your contributors is actually part of this project. So it was kind of like a bad look. And I'm not saying Drew was a bad guy. You know, he might've gotten some, you know, exposure for his project because of that. And he did separate himself from Harry Knowles before the whole Alamo draft house, everything else kind of came out. Cause that whole, there's a whole thing there. If you want to go look at uh, a cesspool of, of guys being terrible to women, you can go find that Harry Knowles is one of those assholes. So any cool news is no longer what it once was. Um, but I just wanted to like that's why I knew the name Drew Mcweeney because of Ain't it Cool News. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to, I just, I wanted to mention that because I think it's important. Not that this taints this, but place and time, it's actually something I was aware of. And regards Rebecca Swan, writer like you know, partner, writing partner with Drew McQueenie. Um, the handful of things like you mentioned, I can't find too much else. Um, actually, other than there was one thing here noticed um for Um, she is noted on Wikipedia as being the first transgender, transgender screenwriter of a produced theatrical horror movie. Um, that's cool in terms of like, you know, we need more voices out there. Um, I, you know, that's, that's what all I know about her. So yeah. And the, the last thing they actually did was something called skin and bones, which was a one fear itself. So they had a tie to this with Mick Garris. Yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, that was a
0: long way around. I apologize. I wanted, I thought it was important to bring up. So yeah, no anyway. problem.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that you were able to uh, expose a lot more information about the, the writing duo here. Uh, I, I, wasn't familiar with anything else really that they had done. So, Hey, big ups. Um, and, so.
0: It's, well, cause, cause I know that I don't have three Twilight Zone books now to dig into. So <laughs> like, right. like there's gonna be times where I'm like, I don't know stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <Like,
1: laughs>
0: Right, <laughs> things happen, I'm, and I'm just gonna be over here in the corner. Terry's gonna be talking, I'm just be like banging pots and pans together and be like, Is it good yet? Like, I don't know. I was like, uh, Am I talking smart now? I don't know. Continue. <laughs> and I don't know.
1: we're also relying on the internet, so thank you, internet, for maybe being kind right? yeah, yeah, of yeah, we'll so, see. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we're waiting for those emails to come in. Um, so and then I want to make sure that I credit here the makeup and special effects crew. Uh, it's uh mostly b that did uh, nice. uh the the production for the makeup and like special effects for the entire series. So if anybody knows KNB, they're attached to from everything from Walking Dead to like from Dust Till Dawn well, creep to Creep Show, right? Creep Show. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, the, yeah so yeah, Nicotero being yeah, part of the KNB, you know. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it's um, you know, got to make sure we note that uh, because KNB is amazing. Uh, I got to visit one of the facilities uh that the one of the uh old Members of K and B runs, and it's awesome to see all that stuff. Uh, it's it's such it's a, a treat.
0: I mean, I don't know how budgets work out for practical effects, but there's times where I feel like they punch above their weight so much. Oh yes, and like I'm not saying that they don't put out quality product because they do, right? But in terms of like the work that they they put out for some of these lower lower budgeted projects, and it's like, and you you never you never look the way of the practical effects being the problem because K and B always brings it.
1: So, right and yeah. you know they, they work with the little guy they work with the, the big production companies and that like they don't they don't discriminate and that's that's an amazing thing that 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 company has always been able to bring to the table. And that's their mission statement. I mean, like wonderful human beings and it, it's 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 awesome to see them being a part of this as well, as long with so many other things well, that we will discuss at some point.
0: Didn't Nicotero get like when he was younger, he ended up working with Carpenter, right? Is that am I misremembering that? I might be misremembering.
1: Uh he did he he's pretty much worked with like everybody is They brought, like the it, they brought in
0: somebody young on the thing at one point because something happened with one of the the effects and they had to have it. they it was, I think, the head spider or something.
1: No, that was uh Oh my God, uh, st- Steve! No,
0: you're. Um, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's cool, but yeah, yeah
1: it, because of um, yeah, there was, anyway, there was yeah. some production problems there. But <laughs> anyway,
0: yeah. sorry, I here, here, I went from being really, really good to now just uh, falling on my keys. So continue. Who, who, who are our our, our actors in this? In the, in the cigarette burns.
1: All right, so we're not going to go as extensive into the cast as we have in the past uh, because there was a lot of cast members here so there are two notable actors that I want to bring up and uh, be a little bit more deep divey on their uh, filmography uh, Norma Reedus is our our lead in this he plays uh, Kirby uh, Sweetman no, sweet Sweetman man sweet man sweet, sweet man, sweet man. <laughs> that, that sounds like a, a a Nintendo game
0: no it just sounds like um, like, a Stan Lee. like <laughs> Stan Lee's like Stanley's sweet man like you know, mm. like a, a ho-ho delivery guy by day a crime fighter by night sweet man you know yeah so um
1: i think most Excelsior, people <laughs> stop <laughs> this is not that podcast um most people would know norman reedis as being part of uh, walking dead as daryl like thank, thank christ huge cause, cause people huge. otherwise
0: they'd know him from the boondock saints and that can go die in a fire. Yeah, That's like, just
1: whatever. Yeah, yep, he's in the Boondocks. seats. You
0: guys can, you know, you can, you can Wah-wah. at me, meaning I am on Twitter, but I don't ever, like, I just post, uh, overwatch uh clips there because i have no other way to post them so yeah. you can add me on twitter it's uh, uh ang- re- it's angry blue robot on twitter I, I never use it but you can tell me i'm wrong about boondocks and i would uh i'm just gonna i'm just <laughs> gonna end up uh showing you some overwatch footage <laughs> that's what's gonna happen
1: it, get yeah. him and then while that. you're at it find my t- uh, twitter that i made and i can't even remember it yeah. and then shun me too because Boondock Saints is super overrated.
0: I'll say this. The first half is pretty great. And then it just falls apart. in The second half, I mean, pretty great as in the sense of like, okay, maybe you're going somewhere with this. And then it just falls apart. It's like, it's just so like, anyway. And if you guys want to see a, a wonderful documentary about somebody destroying their life, it's called overnight. It's about the guy who made Boondock Saints, Troy Duffy. The tagline for the documentary is called, there's more, more than one way to shoot yourself. And If you want to see a guy that had like everything handed to him and he found a way to just piss it all away, that's the documentary. (laughs) There's
1: only one reason to see that damn movie or, you know, even that series as it is kind of is now is Willem Dafoe.
0: Yeah, he's great. There's a third one supposedly in production now. So great. So Norman Reedus will be part of that.
1: Yeah, Hurray. well, you know, I, there, I, there's a reason I consider you my brother, and it's this, this conclusion of this movie. Yeah. Like, we do not like this movie, so th- I'm sorry, people, if you'd like it. But, yeah, I know, just, I just feel like if, if you podcast. like the Boondock
0: Saints, then go watch a, a second movie. That's what I'll say. But <laughs> yeah, um, no, he's Norman Reedus is mainly known as Daryl. Was it Daryl on the Darryl. Walking Dead? Yep. Like, I think he's grown as an actor. I think his performance here is 50-50 where there's sometimes it's pretty great and other times where it's like, I don't think you did the line reading correctly at all in this. But whatever, it is what it is. Uh, also, I want to point out that he was uh, actually the main character recently in the the uh, PS4 exclusive title, the Hideo Kojima game, Death Stranding. Yeah. Um, and he's like, the, he, it's it's him. It's, I, I, it's, it's Daryl. Yeah, I saw a, that. I was like, Where yeah. he just walks around across like, you know, delivering packages and then sometimes peeing into a bottle it's pretty it's it's not it's a game i don't want to play
1: and and then the last notable credit that i wanted to bring up was blade 2 because you know guillermo del toro directed that
0: can i admit something right now terry um i've never seen a Blade movie
1: that's okay (laughs) but you have to see the new blade movie when it comes out because it'll be canon
0: well no, no no everybody tells me that like the, the first two are pretty great. And this is the third one's garbage. I just, I just never got to it. I don't know. Like, I, I've just, never, you know. I, I, I own it. I, yeah. <laughs> this is probably
1: one of those, like, uh, those sins as movie collectors. Like I, I buy, I buy uh, box sets and then I have certain movies that are complete crap. <laughs> and it's like, what,
0: what's the worst movie you have in your collection? It's like, well, I have a lot of bad. I have played three. No. Um, like, so, <laughs> so what, what do you think is the like the most important movie that you own that you've not watched? important like in terms of like people hold up as like this is a great movie you know like i yeah i'm, I'm trying to struggle for an answer for myself yeah I I I d- wow. wow you're you put me on the spot yeah. uh, let me think about that uh, so i i will i here's one of the ones i, like, I have
1: notorious uh alfred hitchcock film i've not I've that's not a wonderful
0: is it, have i seen notorious i maybe i have i, I i've seen like a lot of hitchcock. i know that's highly yeah. regarded um yeah i think i've seen that one it's uh gary cooper and yeah, anyway, that's a good, it's a good movie. If it's what I'm thinking of a lot of his titles kind of follow the same thing. It's like notorious, you know, suspicion, um, guy with knife. That's not one of his movies, but, <laughs> um, the one of the ones I own that I bought, like I just blind bought it. And I'm like, I'm going to sit down and watch this. And I ended up winning the Oscar like two years ago was parasite. And I still have not watched it. Yeah. Like, and I've heard nothing but great things. It's like, I rushed out and bought it. It's just sitting there. <laughs> you know, Like I, I've got get out. I, yeah, I, I've never seen get out. Uh, well, there you go. So, but you also own Blade, it's Trinity. ruined for me. You also own Blade Trinity. No, get it. you just watch it. No, it
1: it's literally been ruined for me now.
0: Like, does somebody just like, I, watched, your-
1: uh, I watched. I a, watched a film, uh, documentary series and it ruined the entire movie. I no, was like,
0: it That's just, awesome. No, Thanks. Just, just go in for the ride. It's a great film, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like, there's this stuff where it's like, well, Paul, what, what, like, you know, like, what's the worst movies I own? I just, well, right now, I actually own a copy of um. New York Ninja that I'm beginning to get to. That was like an unproduced 80s film that they um, finally put together and dubbed the audio. So who knows if that's going to be good or not. But I bought it blind.
1: And you have Grizzly too, right? You own that, right?
0: <laughs> but I've seen that. <laughs> um, God, okay, anyway, we're, this is going to go long. I just Anyway, ew. so here, here's the two recommendations. The big takeaways from tonight, everybody. Don't see Boondock Saints and do not watch Grizzly 2. Like, Especially
1: don't watch Boondock Saints 2. Yeah. Don't well, watch. That's crap.
0: I would only say, actually, I'd, I'd say if you have to pick between them, Grizzly 2. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the sequel.
0: Yeah, watch no, that. No, no, Grizzly Grizzly 1 is so good. The Grizzly
1: 1's a lot of fun. And I'm so yeah. disappointed. Everybody says that Grizzlies 2 is like. Complete dung. Like yeah, what? Well, I'm like,
0: oh, yeah. Well, I own grizz it. Dung. So if you want to, like, if you want to watch it, that's sorry, we're we're spinning out here. I apologize. So, Norman Reedus is not in Grizzly too. Um, thankfully for his sake. Um, however, um, oh, that's that's neither here nor there. Continue, yeah. please, please, please. All right, so yes, uh, the, yes. the
1: next uh, notable credit here I want to make is uh, Udo Kier. Um, I think a lot of horror film fans would probably know him from like just he has a, a very. Uh, distinguished look oh, to yeah. him. Like, he, just, he just looks As soon as you see this yeah. dude, you're like, oh yeah, that guy. And I always want to like, go to a con where they have like the theme is like, oh, that guy. And they bring all those guys like from films because you recognize the dude, but you can never remember what the hell his name is. Just like
0: him. If, if him and Terrence Stamp were in the same film and just played like brothers, you'd be like, Oh my gosh. It's Udo Kir and Zod. Like it would be, Yeah. I just, he has a look, he has a there look. There we go. Um, and it's like, like he, if you had a time machine, he would not, he would not, um, be out of place amongst like Vincent Price and the like. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Hell like yeah. He, he just has a look. He has an air about him. He's, I, think, I believe he is German. Um, he just has this way. And it's like, I, I've not seen like, I've, I've obviously, you know, when you watch him in this, he's great in this. I've, uh, I've seen him in, like later things. Uh, he was in um, the original Suspiria. Yes, love not, it. Not seen it. <laughs> oh, boy, I, I I've seen I've seen the, the new on. one. <laughs> I've seen the new one. It's pretty good. Oh, I like the new one a lot.
1: I Terry and I are that. longer friends.
0: Uh, so, um, and then also he's in 1973's uh, Flesh for Frankenstein, which uh, by the way, Terry, we're gonna go see that. Um, this we week. are. Yeah. So, oh yeah, hey, we're gonna see some Udo here. Yeah, and then the thing, it's gonna get, it's gonna get weird. Uh, he's recently been in um, um, cost Concrete and Brawl and Cell Block 99. Uh, it just he has a presence. I love Udo Kier from what I've seen of him. Very, very striking.
1: And, and if anybody has ever seen the masterpiece, Barb Wire, he's in that. And Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet, Pet Detect- Detective. A, ma- a man that will, will take a paycheck. But, just, yeah. but
0: you know what I mean. Like it's Udo here. Like just my God. He like it's
1: Udo money, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on.
0: I just if I if I if I was him, yes,
1: yeah, I would do that as well. Yeah, he's he's definitely a familiar face. For Frankenstein, that's not yeah. what that name of that movie is. Right. Is.
0: <laughs> so and then like. I'm just
1: going to run through cast members here and Paul if you just
0: what but could you imagine if we had, had Udo Kier like around like cuz I feel like Donald Pleasance was like uh Carpenter's go-to for things. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine him in the role of the priest in Prince of Darkness? That would have worked. It would have been great. That would have been perfect. Yeah, like just like I think he could have been like Brought into the carpenter thing. You His know I mean?
1: line like, delivery oh, too. Yeah. Like it's like he is, he's that dude. Like you yeah. want to bring him in. Like he just works really well for the like everything I've seen him in. Yeah. He works really well in those roles. Yeah.
0: So anyway, you're going to fire through. I have, a, I have a few things to pick up, he's, but yeah, please. Who yeah. Are, so who else do you have here. All
1: uh, right. So I'm going to go fire through. Um, Colin Wu, uh, Fu, as uh, a uh, Fung. uh, yeah, he plays a small part in this, but he's he's great in it too. Like yes. he has, he has some really awesome scenes. He, yeah, he has one of the one
0: of the most effective scenes in the the whole thing. So
1: Hell yeah! So and then uh, Christopher Redman
0: as uh, Willery. Willowy being A.K.A. Yeah. Um, thing we'll talk about a little later.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, Chris. Golthor,
0: Go- Gothier, Gothier, think, yeah. uh,
1: Tim, uh, Timson, Timpson, yeah. <laughs> I yeah.
0: like that his last name is complicated and his name. in the uh, It's like really these are weird names. Right. But anyway, yeah. Uh,
1: um, Zara Taylor, a uh, Taylor. Uh, well,
0: with Chris Gothier, I have him and uh, Freddy versus Jason. Okay. Uh, he's also in the series that was on Sci-Fi for a number of years called Eureka. He had like look. He had a, he was in a lot of episodes of that, and then he was in um, Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is. Um, the guy who directed Mandy, it was his first film. Oh, I, cool. Um, I forget that guy's name off the top of my head, but he was in that. So, yes. All right,
1: cool. Uh, so and Grizzly,
0: too. I'm kidding. That's not true. <laughs> Virginia, please. Yes.
1: That poor soul. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> just waiting around for a paycheck. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Zara Taylor uh, plays Annie mm-hmm. uh, and a ghost. Uh, and, and so, uh, Gary
0: Heather Heatherington
1: uh, yeah. plays Walter.
0: He was in the X Files episode Squeeze, which we've talked about. Yeah, because uh, he is the uh, he is the father of uh, Annie's character, if I remember right. Yep. But yeah, he's in Squeeze. Squeeze is one of the first season episodes of the X Files. It's really, really, really good. creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Oh, we, we might have to discuss that one. Uh, he, he's also currently in the Snowpiercer series on TNT. Yeah, I
1: saw uh, that. Yeah. I have to watch that because I heard that's a, a pretty a pretty cool. I've not series. seen the
0: series. The movie's pretty great.
1: Yeah, yeah. cool. I have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, and then we have uh, Chris Brenton
0: um, as Myers. Yeah, he's the critic. Yep. And then, uh, well, wait a second. Here, this oop. is going to blow your mind. This is the thing. I know, we, but guys. We're 30 we minutes go. in, but here you go. Are you ready for your minds to be blown? Hold your wigs yeah. down. A lot of voice work. He's done a lot of cartoon work. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Mister Sinister in the 90s X-Men series. So supposedly he's coming back with the the revamp that Disney plus is doing of the X-Men 97 series. Nice. So that's cool. Uh, he was in Friday the 13th, the series, not the only one we're going to mention tonight. There's other connections there too, but according to IMDB, he is the voice, the voice of the drive through menu machine and maximum overdrive. That's him. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Right. Like I'm we, glad we, I'm wearing a hat. We, we we met the goblin truck, right? We met the goblin. It's coming full yeah. circle. Yeah, I just I just I, when I saw that I was like, Christ in heaven, and I, you, have, you, you I have the audio.
1: And you discussed that movie on uh At the devil's ball. Yeah. yeah. So psh,
0: Yeah, there we go. That, if you've been a, keeping yeah. track, uh you got bingo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, because you also mentioned McGarris. He did Sleepwalkers, which I also talked about. That's you did, yeah. Ball. No, but I was just like, that's the humans hear voice. Like, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, and I I am um, I am um, a hack. I will be ready to press buttons on my soundboard at the drop of a hat here. <laughs> so I was excited that I'm like, I actually have a button. So, yeah, anyway. I
1: have a button for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and next here, uh, I'm just going through the names yes. now, because I, I, I who's this just, person? It's like,
0: so, if there's anybody that you don't have a whole lot of, I can run through some of this. So, uh, we got Julius Chappell is, uh an air, Caltiard. I think he was the the guy at the film, um, at the, the French Film Depository. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. I think that was him, uh, Henri Caltiard. I think that was his name, yeah. Four episodes of Caprica. But great. Uh, then we have what else do we have here? Brad Kelly as Horst. I'm not sure who he was. However, I, I wanna, think he was like one of the heavies. Yeah, I think so. I just want to give you one of the names he was like of a film he was in. It's one of the worst names I've ever heard of. Gone by dawn 2, dead by dusk. That is the name of a movie you see in a movie walking through a video store. It sucks. Yeah. Anyway, Get out of here. So uh, what else <laughs> we have here? We have uh, Douglas Arthur's as uh, Dalibor, which I think is the. The guy that he that we get, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Kirby going to go meet? Like I think that's his name. The guy that actually, because okay. it's never really ever said. I think he's the one that's actually. Yeah, some the, people the just kind of exist in this episode. He and was in the remake of the Fog, which is kind of a Carpenter connection. That kind of sucks. I've, I've, I've not seen that or the original Fog. Anyway, so um, I just. You I know, I know. I know. I know. Like I just. I t- John I was, is
1: listening right now. Yeah. I know it. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, he, Sorry, John. Just, he's
0: like, I'll set him straight. Screw that guy. All right, so, um, <laughs> And he was also in the Chronicles of Riddick, which I actually enjoy. Fight me. Um, <laughs> better, better than... Um, it's pretty good, actually. I, I like it. Yeah. I, it was okay. Right? Yeah. And we have uh, Gwyneth Walsh as Katya. Yeah. Uh, she was in The Man in the High Castle. She was also in two episodes of Star Trek Next Generation and in the film Generations. So she actually had like a decent little bit in star Trek. And she was also an Alfred Hitchcock presents, uh, for the revival they did on USA network. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then, um, I was going to be
1: like, she looks a little young. You know, that. The, the,
0: Cause there wasn't, there was a nineties revival of that as well. Huh. And then also on Friday, the 13th, the series. So I got that. Um, Oot. and then, um, that's it. That's really all I got They're Like the, the women that are in the movie, in the movie, they're mainly known for stunt work. So that's what I'll say about that. But that's your cast. And you know, so you're right. There's a lot of, uh, did you have anybody else? Like there's, there's other names in here, but I just got yeah, I fired just, through it. I'm like, I don't know what they're nothing against them. They're clearly in a short film, short film. It's an hour long film directed by John Carpenter. So they're infinitely cooler than I ever will be. It's just nothing really stood out for the other people that was involved in this. And
1: yeah. That's like actually why I wanted to just, just shoot them off fire, yeah. like fire, 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 because yeah. there are so many people attached to this and it's yeah. like, they all have a role. They all have some kind of past, and it's like, not to discredit them, but it's like, for our discussion, we yeah. know who they are. We can we can move. I, forward. I did
0: not see a single Hawaiian Eye or Johnny Midnight connection. Which well, is I'm really disappointed because none of these people were well. Some of them might have been Udo cures probably around mm-hmm. the time you know,
1: or, or the Twilight's the original uh,
0: Twilight Zone the original series, yeah. Like, so, bummer. um, so yeah, like some like, how, how do we how do we do this? Um, normally I know we kind of walk through the, the stories with you guys. And I hope, so I also want to say here, go watch this. It's free to watch on Tubi and voodoo. There's ads, whatever, go see it. Uh, like it's It's worth your time. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it for you. and I, and I want to try my best to dance around because some of the, some of the violence and imagery in the second half of this, um, you just need to see because, um, yeah, so well, because we get the premise. I think it's also one of those things where it's like you're dealing with these lines being drawn, yeah. And you got to draw your own lines about what you want to watch. And I think that would be unfair for us because we have experienced cigarette burns to ruin cigarette burns for others. Like this is supposed to feel like um dangerous and mysterious. Yeah, right?
1: and, and and if anybody's a little queasy about blood or violence or gore or anything like that, yeah. I.
0: There, there's some.
1: A little, yeah, little uh, warning here. This, yeah. There is a scene in particular that is very, very horrific. And I, I, I'm I, sorry there's for a, that. Well, there's a couple. Like, yeah, well, um, yeah. one in particular, I was like, oh, they went there. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, damn.
0: Yeah, there's some stuff in here that was Saw before Saw. Uh, there was some stuff in here or that was, was like.
1: There things
0: in here, uh,
1: 8 millimeter. You yes,
0: know. that's a great call. I was thinking 8 millimeter the entire time yeah. while watching this. Um, which eight millimeter. I think that was prior this. to this. And I think the first Saw movie came out before this too. But the way like the the way Carpenter approaches the violence in this is very matter of fact and that makes it worse. Well, you know yeah. and, and, So and, and, I know we're kind of bouncing all over, but yes, there is some extreme violence at times in this. Right. Um it doesn't linger a ton, which right. is great. In terms he of kind of like, does its thing, moves past it, and that's it. Cause you know, we this isn't a celebration of, it's just an examination of, right? So, right. um, yeah. So, the, the the premise of this, we'll just get into it is that we get, um, we get, we meet Kirby, who is being called in to the estate of Bellinger, who is Udo Kier. And Bellinger is clearly a wealthy man, um, a man of influence. And he tells Kirby, like, he basically is testing a little bit about, like, um, his movie knowledge and whatever. So he, Bellinger brought him here because Kirby is a fan of film, but he's also a guy that, um, he, he, it's like, he he knows how to get things.
1: Yeah. He's a man who get things. And, yeah, Bellinger is a a very avid collector. He is, but he's He's flexing. He's flexing too. He's like, I have over 8,000 films. (laughs) It's like, and, and he has a very nice theater too. Uh, might I add, which we find later in the film. It's like,
0: dude, you, are an affluent mofo. Like you have yeah. a lot of money. <laughs> and so he actually, he brings in Kirby because Kirby has located other things for other people. So I'm going to, it's never said, but it's word of mouth that Kirby has a penchant for finding things. And he, he basically, he never gets to keep anything. He does get to watch these rare prints. Um, so Bellinger's like, okay, great. There's a film, that is called. Um, I have it. It's it's omelette du fromage. That's not the name of the film. <laughs> that, that that is uh, that is cheese cheese omelette. That's what that is. That is, is but cheese omelette. Yeah. Mm. It is um, it is called.
1: Lafin uh, Absolute. Du monde.
0: Yeah, la fin absolue du monde, or the absolute end of the world, which we play at the beginning of the episode here. So,
1: it, forgive me for my French because I don't speak French. So,
0: okay, well, you did pretty good there. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Am du fromage. That's the name. That's <laughs> <of>, um, <laughs> close. Yeah, uh, it's very close. Yeah. So, um, we, this film has it's one of those things. It's an in infamy that was only showed once. Supposedly, the theater burned down, uh, and it was supposedly taken by the government and destroyed. And the director never made anything again. And so Kirby knows this. Um, Bellinger's like, yeah, that's not entirely true. The film exists. I want it. I'm a dying man. I will pay your expenses. Name your, basically name your price. Right. And so, so this sends, and then we find out more about, um, we find out more about uh, Kirby, where he does own a theater that doesn't do well because of his programming, because of the films that he loves. So, There's that part of me that's like that independent film thing where it's like you want to be like, yeah, you show the films that you think are important. You have this big theater. You sell like, you know, 30 seats or whatever. You're losing money, but you believe in your vision. Uh, But we also find out that he, his life's more complicated because he actually owes a fair amount of money to the tune of $200,000 to his... Father-in-law? I don't. It's never quite specified. Yeah it, yeah, it
1: didn't say that like they were married or whatever. But Annie, an
0: interested party. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah,
1: Annie is his ex, and um, you know he he borrowed some money from Annie's father, which well, Annie Annie and him were
0: like strung out. You can tell drug addicts. If you want somebody to look like a shitbag junkie, you get Norman Reedus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just even when he's well, like in even, this role, yeah. Even later on when he's kind of collected, you're like, I don't know, man. He's like two days away from getting right back into it.
1: Yeah, um, Walter. Yeah. Walter is the the father yeah. of Annie, and like, there's this obligation that you know Kirby's still f- supposed to fulfill. You know, like, he's supposed to pay back this hundred two hundred thousand dollars because we even get a um like a like
0: we get a glimpse back to we get a when he borrowed. To, yeah. Cause she was trying to convince her father to be like, he's it like, should be a wedding gift. And he was like, this is not a gift. It's a loan. Uh, and then in the meantime, he's like, you know, like get your life together, get Annie's life together, this, which is, this is not fair to a father, but whatever. Anyway, did, they, some of his expectations were misplaced, but anyway, um, so we find out that Annie is strung out and she actually is an addict and she, she eventually commits suicide that this is not a spoiler. We learned about this in the first like 10 minutes of the movie, um, but that's the guilt that we have Kirby carrying because he lost his, his love, he couldn't control it. Or well, let me rephrase: he blames himself. Probably right with a lot of that. But he has this albatross of two hundred grand over his head, Or he's going to lose the theater. So when when Bellinger's like, "Hey, find me this movie that doesn't exist that supposedly is like this, um, you know, taboo, like no one talks about it because it's like the thing of legend," he says two hundred thousand, and he's on his way. And that's where we, it it becomes a string of him tracking down La and absolute du monde. And it gets, it gets, um, I I, like you mentioned eight millimeter, which is a very apt connection to this film in terms of what it is in terms of like what, like, cause this isn't the kind of film supposedly that it's not like you and I both know in the circles that we travel with horror films that we like, that there's that certain sect of people that's like, yeah, but does it push boundaries? And is it exploitive for exploitive sake? Does it make you upset because it's just, I don't know, gross and inappropriate type of thing. And I shy away from like, we just watched devil's rain. That didn't, that didn't feel dangerous whatsoever, but it was weird. It was fun. It was dabbling in like the satanic church and all that, where some people might think that's taboo. I don't think that film went like too far off the reservation to not be approachable for the person wanting to watch a movie. Right. Um, But there's stuff that, we know that if we asked a couple people, we get to see some of the more upsetting things that I never want to get into because sometimes people just celebrate violence and gore. And this isn't that movie. This isn't supposed to be the one where it's like, oh, how dare they? It's supposed to be so um, dangerous that it will drive people mad and it will drive them to violence. It will drive them to unspeakable acts because there's power in this film,
1: yeah, it, yeah. It's not about the imagery; it's about the film itself. There's something invoked, yeah, when watching this film, and that's the most taboo thing about it. And that's why, like, there's so many things that are connected to this film that no one can explain. And when anybody's asked about it, it's like, it's you're, you're shunned almost. Like you have to, you have to be in like the most seedy groups to find information about this too so and i mean like we don't try to explore those kinds of films that i i guess in our little
0: well, <laughs> groups
1: don't do like you know we don't want to be like the
0: but we but we know people that like we're friends, we care about them, but they they do dabble in this stuff. And right. It's like, if I want to be like, Hey, can you show me something that'll keep me up at night? Thanks. Thanks for this. Yeah. I'll never sleep again. But you know, yeah. like I guess I'm gonna go cry on the corner now. But uh thrill me. Yeah, you know, like that's Well there like, you mentioned eight millimeter. There's the bit, whatever, uh Nick Cage's character who he's trying to track down. Uh, the makers snuff of, film. making makers of snuff films, yeah. and that that movie's a hard watch. Yeah, and it's but there's a bit where he comes across walking Phoenix's character. thing. I think his name's Mac, Max California. And, yeah, and and he right. and he says to him like what he's looking for. And then Max is like, well, you know, when you dance with the devil, um, you know, you don't change. The de- you don't change the, no, ch- no, the devil so, changes, no, changes you. You don't change the devil. The devil changes you. Yeah. yeah, and it's like that's where I feel like this is in that kind of like dangerous territory, but like amped up. It's like just to the nth degree of what this film was supposed to be. And it's like, and so we always hear about like, like there's all, especially in this, like this was the early internet, right? Like, well, from what we know now, 2005, whatever. It's like still like, you'd always hear these murmurs of like these dangerous films, like these, you know, I'm sure there was a certain amount of, um, you know, um, aura around like the video nasties of the eighties. Um, like one of the big taboo films for me growing up, it's just because my mom believed it was an actual, like, a real story with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She believed that was a true story, which it is not. Right. But we never watched it because she believed it was real.
1: And Cannibal Holocaust has always been coveted as one of those films that, like, it there is some weird, real shit that's going on in that film. I've never seen it, and I think I'm kind of okay. You should be okay, because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I know that there's actual literal on-screen animal, animal violence in that film. And I'm like, And it's one thing, this is not this discussion, but it's like, you know, people are like, I can't watch John Wick, a, a dog dies. It's like, the dog didn't die. Keanu Reeves would have killed everybody, like, literally in life to protect that puppy. Me too. You know, like, you know, you yeah. had, like, the dog didn't die. I'm sure the dog is living a wonderful life with Keanu Reeves right now, you know? It's like, so I know that, you know? Yeah. like, um, But knowing that there's actual animals, like, being killed on screen, I have... It's like that I don't know what what purpose that serves um but anyway that's so yeah I have my lines I draw everybody has their lines they draw
1: and you can see how that leads into this type yes. of storyline like there is something so taboo about this that it's even outside of the taboo it's over the top taboo yeah. because there is something here that no one can explain there is a power behind this film and this dude uh you know Kirby. uh, cr- uh, ca- uh Kel, uh, no, Bell, Bellinger, Bellinger, yeah. Bellinger Udo, Udo needs. Hears,
0: yeah, he needs this. Yeah. He
1: needs it. He he wants to push past the envelope. Well, because he
0: he, he's also admitted he was like, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. Literally, at one point at the end of the, the thing, he said, um, you 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 don't make as much money as I do without burying some bodies, and you don't sleep at night knowing like without knowing those bodies are buried. So he even says like earlier, then he was like, I know I'm going to hell. I want one taste of heaven, and it's like. He knows he's he knows he's a son of a bitch, but he has the money to get what he wants. And he wants that one moment of like the unobtainable. So and, and in it, and, and it Kirby it, it, It's kinda like the last Subaria. We yeah. talked like in the sense of like, I want this experience that no one else can have. I will pay money for it. Good connection there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh listen to that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um look at me calling back the creep show. Why? I don't know.
1: But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but Like so, Kirby doesn't really think that there's any validation here. He's like, "Hey, people have talked about this. How do I know that you know it exists?" He's like, "My, like my sources are undeniable. Yeah, like you can't like you want you want to question me." And he still he opens up these doors, and there was a figure there, and I don't want to go too deep divey into what that
0: figure is. No, but like Bellinger shows um, Kirby proof of that he's. He's right got carnal ab- he's knowledge. He's right about the the film existing. So yeah. Again, we're going to dance around it watch watch the, the film. And so, but so this leads this leads Kirby on this like it, there's also this weird thing too of like once once you're on the once you're on the path of uh La Fen Absolute Demon. Um it's almost like it's magnetic. It's inevitable. You you're going to be drawn to this thing one way or yeah. another, and and then we learned about what the cigarette burns mean in terms like it's it's double meaning in the and the movie which is I I love double meanings and titles where um, as we know if you've watched Fight Club uh, a cigarette burn in terms of filmmaking would uh, would signal uh, real change meaning that you see the little blip like in the corner that lets you know that that reel's about to end. You need to get the other reel started. So there's not like a, um, a skip in the action, right? That's what that was meant to do. Um, it's not really said that way in this, where the projectionist Timpson is grabbing the cigarette burns out of the films, but it's like, you know, if you have a hobby and people get this reel, like, you know, they, they know they're to change it. It's
1: explained a different way by this guy. He's saying that
0: it's always sets up something that's about to happen. It's like, it's a real change.
1: Yeah. But he, he's talking about like a sequence that no one is supposed to expect. And when you take that, that little spot out of the film, then people are just along for the ride.
0: And Which, like, I mean, I think that you're messing over the next projectionist that doesn't know the real change is about to happen. Yeah, like, it's like well, okay. they're not going to expect just white on the screen, you know? Anyway. And, a,
1: and, and fun enough, the, 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 the reel that he pulls it from while we're watching the sequence is from Suspiria.
0: Oh, is it from, I thought, okay, is it? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So That's I cool. was like, oh, cool. I was like, yeah. I mean, like good callback because. Well, I
0: mean, credit to, to um, you know, I mean, obviously you can tell that Drew McWeeny and uh, Rebecca Swan know, they like the, this, regardless of how some of this gets a little hinky at times, they love movies. And there's some history here that they mentioned about like, there's one of the films they directly reference. Someone saying when that actually, this, when when this film premiered, there was riots. That was unintentional. When, when um, you know, the end of the world here uh, debuted, it was intentional. Like there's some history there. I love, I love when horror gets kind of like uh, like a pin of the tail on the donkey where they just attach it. And it's like, you give me enough historical context. It makes it, uh, it makes it a little bit more like, Oh shit, this, this could be like, this is interesting to me. You know, I, I love blending of actual history in. Right. And it's not way. just reference, reference, reference,
1: you know, We're, it actually works for context.
0: Yeah. I, I just, when it's like all brought together, you're like, Oh, you know, like, and I, I, love, I like I, that too.
1: I love that dude's little binder because he opens up the binder and Timson, put, yeah, like, I, think, I was yeah. like, dude, I was like, this guy is actually for real. Like it isn't just, A fad. It is. He is steeped into because Kirby keeps bringing all
0: these like older rare films, like fan, like like he's programming for the the real fan or whatever you want. Like which I mean we could we could talk about like what would consider you know I think that's all kind of if you're going to this this theater, the Vogue Theater that Kirby owns because of his programming, you know what you want to see, and that's fine, Um, and that's not even what's even talked about in this episode. But yeah, Timson knows the programming, and he's a fan. So he's grabbing all the cigarette burns from those films because he is a fan, and he wants to have a, his his collection too. You know, it's like he's not that dissimilar from Bellinger, where he's like, I have my whole binder of ber- cigarette burns, and Bellinger's like, Yeah, I own them all. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and also maybe other things in my house <laughs> that weren't there. So wink, wink. Um, but this sends this sends Kirby on this path where he's getting affected by the film before seeing it. Um, and again, I don't want to ruin, like, I know we're kind of dancing around it but purposely. So I told Terry before we start recording, I'm like, I don't want it to really give away like the big bits in this because, uh, it's worthy of watching. And some of the visuals are, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah.
1: Like, I, I mean, like this is like, if you talk about spoiler material, as far as like twilight zone episodes and that, if you've never seen this, there is a lot to digest
0: yeah i mean the, the twilight zone's been around for 60 years this has been out since 2005 so i mean 16 but come on like it is this this feels with the exception of the lack of like the internet like or like you don't see like cell phones you don't see like them really googling anything uh for the most part there's a lot of like physically going places, asking a questions.
1: giant CRT, uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> computer. Yeah. I, you know, um, you Macintosh. Some of yeah.
1: 95. Like what, what is <laughs> going on like, there? I'm
0: on my Commodore 64, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, but a lot of this is still very modern feeling in the sense of like the chase, uh, the descent into darkness. Like I, I will also say like eight millimeters are great. I think to pull Com- side with like this. a companion piece to, the, or in the mouth of madness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, the Carpenter film where it's a Sutter Kane novel where Sam Neill's character goes down that rabbit hole. They're not dissimilar, you know? Um, And in In the mouth madness, like I like it. I haven't seen it in a while. I know there was little, some problems with it. wacky, wacky film. Yeah. Do you read Sutter Kane? Uh, So um, I think that with, with the, how do you feel in regards to your horror, with the taboo in terms of like, there, like there is the thing that you start learning about as a viewer that is supposed to be so corrupting and so horrific that like, is that your style of horror or like, where, where, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is kind of a very specific lane of like, it's the doomed journey you know like
1: yeah no i see what you're saying i i I think that i i put my boundaries up as quickly as possible because i know that it can be a slippery slope I, i mean i know what i like i i have my ideas about what is good uh like viewing like i don't think i need to necessarily press all like all sides of what my viewing scope is like i was like if it's a good story I want it. Yeah. If it's gore and blood and guts and all that stuff, it's like, I know where I want to be as a viewer. And it's like, I, I value people's, uh, opinions and then I just go from there, you know? So it's like, I don't necessarily have to be the guy that's like, um, Italian gore, let's go for everything. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need to be that person, you know? Cause it could get goopy, really, really goopy and really kind of scary <laughs> as far as
0: like what they do to get to the goop. You know, that's fair. But so, like, um, in regards to like, I guess another I'm talking about Sam Neil, like, um, like Event Horizon would be another good call to this. Where awesome it's like, film, like awesome. instead of a movie, it's a ship that went it went places that you don't know, and it's messing with everybody, yeah. right? Like, it's just I um, there and and um, I, and I'm I'm kind of pulling all these threads here, um, like Clive Barker as well as this is where like, I think this is his stock and trade of like. You you want you want answers. You want pleasure. You want pain. Yeah, but it's like yeah. you you want to know this. It's going to come at great cost and it is unknowable. Like there is something here that feels very Barker adjacent as well. Yeah, um, like, for sure. And like, like uh, so uh, Lord of Illusions.
1: I was like yes. uh, they invo- invoked like a Lord of Illusions thing to me. Yeah,
0: um, like which we we, we kind of said that would have been a good partner to the Devil's Reign, um, like. Yeah, like even the devil's Reign had it been like maybe tweaked a little bit, could have been kind of in this line of like you don't know what you're asking for, but you're going to get it. Um, yeah, I, I I dug this. Um, I, uh, I this is really again I know we're being kind of amorphous, but we we respect you as the as a listener to go watch this because not like it you know the ending isn't anything that's like you know like oh but it's like it gives it, it lands you like you follow the journey. You go where it goes, everything pays off, you know, and, uh, carpenter's hands steady through this. And he like, when it comes to showing you some of the the more ridiculous parts of gore, he knows when to cut away, but also he also understands the theater of the mind of hearing things and seeing reactions. Hell yeah. Um, pays off way more. Um, and that's why I'll bring it back to eight millimeter, the bit, whenever, um, when Nick Cage's character actions of watching the film in question that he eventually tracks down, you never see the movie the way, um, and that all is right. You just, you're
1: hearing the real go. You're seeing the, the disgust in his eye or you're seeing yeah. the disgust in his eyes. You're hearing the sounds of so yeah, un- whatever's going on. Yeah.
0: But like the, the soundtrack is very purposely minimal and all you see, like, it, um, you see Nick Cage watch and react to whatever it is, which makes, well, one, we don't want to watch this film in terms of the movie of eight millimeter. We do not want to see this happening, but we see what he goes through and uh, credit to, um, Oh, uh, Schumacher, Michael Schumacher, not Michael Schumacher. That's the race car driver. Um, Schumacher, the Joe guy. Schumacher. Yeah. Joel Schumacher directed eight millimeter. Uh, you know, Batman Robin fame. Yeah. Right, go figure. Um, like it's masterful that time, right? And so, I, I think there's a certain amount of like, uh, you know, you dance with the devil. He, you know, he changes you. And there's a lot of this in this, uh, this episode where uh, of the Masters of Horror of Cigarette Burns, where like it, you get the idea that Kirby, it just the like Norman Reedus's performance. There's times in some scenes where it's pretty great. There's other times where it is absolutely terrible. Like, whatever he uh, flips the double birds <laughs> at his father-in-law, like, that was terrible. I thought that was a stupid, stupid scene. And then at one point, he's just like, can I watch the movie? Like, it's just like, you, I don't know. There's a certain way some of his line delivery was just not great. But, I don't know, at least he gets to the end and I can appreciate that. Um, I just, I, I wish he was more sympathetic as a character. And I don't really get that from him. He has guilt, but he's not sympathetic. He, he he's such a
1: stilted actor for me. Yeah. Like I honestly, even watching Walking Dead, I honestly don't think he's that great of an actor. But he he has a look to him. He has a delivery that seems to work. He has a work. presence
0: that people like. And yeah, he's a good looking dude. Like you can't deny any of that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it
1: works for him, and that that's fine. It's not I,
0: whatever you know. It works for people. Um, I mean, his brother Merle Dixon in The Walking Dead was uh. Oh, Michael Roker. I, I, I'm all about that. <laughs> Michael, Roker.
1: Michael Roker's the dude, yeah. man. I love that There's guy. We talked
0: about him. Yeah, so Hit yes, me up yeah. if you
1: want to drink a beer, dude.
0: Yeah, I uh, mean, not, yeah. not as Merle Dixon because that was a racist son of a bitch. However... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, um, yeah, so, dude. like, I mean, like, he's serviceable in this. I think they could probably could have done some better casting, but whatever. He Like, he works for the role enough. Yeah. You know? Like, udo uh Kira, i oh, love he's udo so great. Kira. like oh. he just he his is, last
0: bit his last bit in the production booth is amazing considering he's considering that
1: all pinky things going out on. like yeah. uber rich mofo that's like it you know this is the guy like this is the dude that he doesn't want to explain too much but he's got money and you gotta you gotta help him out because if not You're gonna pay the piper some way or another because now you already have too much information. You know what I'm saying? Like Udo looks like he's the type of dude to knock you off because you already have too much information. He's also
0: one of those guys that he he can't afford to let everybody knows know what he knows. He can't afford to let everybody know what he has. Right. But he he there's power in letting some know what he has, and that he has ownership over Kirby because Kirby is uh you know his stepfather or stepfather, his father-in-law has him by the balls with this $200,000 payment. Yeah. It's like, you know, so like, I, I do love Uruk here in this. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, this work like it for being like this descent into madness and things get worse and worse and worse. And how like in terms of my horror, sometimes of what I prefer, I don't like a lot of hand wavy things, but there's no explanation However, if you cross a certain threshold where it's like this is just everything here is exists because of something so inherently bad, there's no there's no way to understand it. I'm with it for the most part, and with this, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like it's just, you know, it's not it's not always consistent in terms of what what the movie does to everybody, but but we also kind of get that like that sin and center. Type of thing too, and I'm okay with again. Event horizon, you know, like I, I dig this. I thought I thought it was solid. I'm glad we visited this. Um, I know we're being really guarded, which is unusual for our show, but I don't want to ruin one one bit of the second half of this.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like it, to, to to build on the like the suspense here. This is like if anybody knows about this series, if anybody's even remotely interested in the series itself. This is the highest-rated episode of the series on IMDb, and it's like I, I you know, I, I'm not going for the low-hanging fruit here, but like John Carpenter, uh, you know, he was a part of this as well, you know, and we are big fanboys of John Carpenter, and if anybody likes the the movie Sinister, this might work for you as well, and that's like you know that's Bloomhouse, you know, it's like or Bloomhouse. Well, like I
0: said, one half of that there was a guy who wrote for Andy News, so I'm sure him and. uh I'm sure uh Robert uh, Cargill and Drew McWeeny probably traded notes they yeah. probably uh talked to each other about the horror films they like so I'm sure there was a kinship there yeah. you know just yeah my only my only problem with sinister is that they never knew when to lay off the soundtrack like meaning
1: jump again, scare
0: well no they're <laughs> like with Patrick Wilson's character... No, it was not Patrick Wilson it was uh um, Ethan Hawke. Yep. And sinister. Yep. Him watching some of the the actual film footage, which is like, it's an eight millimeter or 16 millimeter film. There's no soundtrack to it. Meaning it's just a straight up image. I don't need a, an actual movie score over that, but that, that's a minor quibble. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, no, so a good call. Like we're here. The big takeaways from this. Well, number one, don't watch the boondock saints. Uh, If you want to watch Boonock Saints, just watch Grizzly 2, but don't watch Grizzly 2. And then watch the other movies that we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, But also watch this. Watch Cigarette Burns. Please. It's like 57 minutes like with Tubi and Pluto TV and whatever whatever else is available. It's not available on Pluto TV.
1: It's Um, YouTube, you said, right? Yeah,
0: you can find it. Um, It's available You got connections. (laughs) Yeah. It's not hard to find this. Um, And there's free options available with ads. Watch it. Right, And then everything else we mentioned, we mentioned you know, Event Horizon. And if you talk to year, Udo like, Kier, he, yeah. he might be able to find it for you. Um, yeah, like and be like, I'm looking for a print of Cigarette Burns. I will pay you Two dollars, like you know, <laughs> like that's like it's on the internet. $199 like, you know, one ninety nine, one ninety nine, yes, yes. Uh, and I'll cover all your travel expenses from here to, to your, your laptop. Yeah, <laughs> <like. Yeah.
1: laughs> you pay for your own beer.
0: Oh, I wish there was a cut of this episode where the film that they're watching is like I don't know Garfield a tale a tale of two kitties or something where you just see that playing on the screen and be like, it's madness, you know, like you know, <laughs> see. <laughs> Like, uh, it's, I don't know. It yeah, would
1: be funny. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a great it's a great little watch. Um, you know, I, I, me being the the John Carpenter fanboy, like I'm trying not to like put that the, at the forefront here. It's actually a really interesting watch, and like there is a lot here as far as the series. Honestly, watch the series. Watch all of the series, and yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, give it some blood. I, I need to get to it. Yeah, yeah. So, check yeah. it out, and it's like. You know, with it being so easily available, like why not? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe you'll see some, uh, you know, uh, my pillow commercials. I'm <laughs> sorry, you know, we we don't endorse it because
0: no. we are free from advertising. Yeah, we we Suck we um, are fans of the Pillow Cube. Not my, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I just I um, I think that we respected the second half of the story here a great deal. Yeah, uh, I think we got into oh, some yeah. of the, the the bits here that we want to get into. Um, did you have any other notes? I have some trivia. I, yeah, hit me with some of that trivia. Yeah, this trivia is messed up. I had to find this out kind of like by accident because like on IMDb, like I was like, I was the Zara, Zara Taylor that played Annie, right? Um, she only had 10 credits, didn't do a lot else after this. Here's, the, here's what I saw via IMDb. It's not on her Wikipedia page either. It's not even on uh, trivia for... the the film or like on IMDB or the Wikipedia page. This is just on her character profile page while she was playing the dead wife of Norma Rios's character in the mashes of horror episode, cigarette burns, the makeup artist blew menthol vapor onto her eyes to make her cry for a scene. Unfortunately, the menthol vapor wasn't executed properly and chemically burned her corneas off, exposing her pupils. Fortunately, her corneas grew back after four days but during those four days, she was completely blind. Holy crap! <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm laughing at your reaction. Not this Like, This is terrible. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. I wow, I didn't see that per,
1: part of the uh, no, production it, notes at it's all. Not,
0: it's not anywhere other than on her IMDb like m- trivia. In terms no of wonder like, yeah. she
1: didn't want to act too much more after that. She probably didn't want to expose herself. She's like to listen, crap like I went,
0: but it's like it's kind of funny because well, not kind of funny just regards to the nature of this, the, the film within the film being so dangerous that anybody associated with it, like had misfortune upon them. And she has misfortune, uh, like upon her making an episode that involves a film. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, yeah, that's bad. That's bad. I can't even imagine, ugh, you know, that's you know.
1: insane, dude. Yeah. Wow. wow.
0: so that's my trivia. Like it wouldn't be an episode of strange highways. It, I feel like we've kind of like we've come. We've said something terrible happened. <laughs> like it's always like, hey guys, this was a lot of fun, by the way. Sad stuff, you know. Yeah, right. You know. Um, yeah. So that's what I got. Uh, I feel like we just we got to do it as it's customary. But I like we'll get into this in a second. Normally, here on the episodes when we rate the twist, one being uh, we saw it from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. Um, again, since we're not going to get into the specifics at the end of the episode, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rate the twist. I just figured that it is part of our structure. So I think also people could make up their mind what the twist is. I don't know if there really is a twist in this. Uh, cause it's kind of, you know, straightforward. that like Kirby, Kirby's, it's not going to go well for Kirby and that's not giving anything away. Um, and sometimes you just understand it's a dark ride and you're going to see where it, where it actually ends up at. So,
1: yeah. And, uh, it, it, you know, if we, if we want to try to rate a twist, I'm, I think I'm going to say that if you think that Kirby wasn't going to get into some nasty shit.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's from a one, just it, from the, like, once we learn his backstory very quickly, we knew, we knew shit was going to come home for him.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say two, because I think the overall outcome and how things played out with him and, uh, you know, uh, how it was, that Udo, Udo Bellinger. Yeah. Bellinger's, uh, Bellinger, like in the father-in-law ooh. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say that was like more closer to it too. Cause you I, knew I things
0: that the things that are happening with some of the house staff with Bellinger. Yeah. Place, that, that is uh way more, um, whew, just gotta see it. To, just gotta see it to see it. That's what I'll say. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah. so yeah. Um, I think that's going to do it for cigarette burns. I'm glad that you suggested this. I am glad that I revisited this. This is a hell of a watch. Yeah. Um, like, It doesn't overstay its welcome. This could easily been um, like a feature length film. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, But it 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 isn't, and it just kind of gets right to it, and you get to the guts of uh, the uh, the storyline. Yeah. So I liked it. So thank you for recommending it. Yeah. uh, For us to watch. And again, everybody, it's available to watch. Go watch it, Um, and then let us know your thoughts.
1: Yeah. If if anybody actually like wants to watch things that are more collective to um, like movies and like. Like theater storylines too. Watch a movie called Popcorn. Popcorn's oh, really yeah. fun as well. I, I think
0: I saw. I think I saw that years popcorn ago. Popcorn is yeah.
1: so good. I have the I have the super fancy edition that my wife bought me. So you can borrow if you would like. This right.
0: Just, no, I was gonna say this right, Terry. It's like Netflix now. It's called Terryflix, and he'll, mail Terry it Flicks. To you. Yeah, just,
1: he'll Movies about movies. Yeah, within will, movies. There, there's know?
0: only he only has one. It's a subgenre. He only has one movie that you can rent. Twenty dollars a month. Just he'll mail it to you. You can watch as many times you want. Mail it back. He's going to send it to you again. Like, that's what's going to happen. What's in your queue? Popcorn. You're not going to get my popcorn movie. <laughs> You're not getting it. It's
1: super fancy. You can't have it.
0: So, yeah, let going to do it. Uh, for us this week, but like so, you guys can. It, I'm I'm stepping all over myself. I'm just I'm um I'm a mess here. So, uh it, w- share your thoughts about cigarette burns on our Facebook page. It's uh, Strange Highways. You can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast@gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And also, if you enjoy the conversation, um, share it. Let other people know. The more the merrier. Um You know, we just hit 200 plus episodes here. Um, you know, like there's a lot to get into. So if you enjoy this this conversation, conversation, conversation let others know and there's a lot to dig into we appreciate it
1: hell yeah dude i'm i'm super excited to keep on going on this journey and guess what people you can follow us along on this journey if you follow us on instagram and hopefully with the new year coming up that we were on your top five for spotify you know you listen to podcasts maybe we're on spotify for you that's where your listening platform is and we might have been on your top five i'm our podcast is on my top five, Paul. Oh, great! I, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Um, <laughs> because I need to hear my my sinister yeah, voice. I yeah, don't know no, why. Just, um, yeah, it,
0: like you know, I I fall asleep listening to myself each night. No, that's not true, not whatsoever. We're self indulgent. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. I know. I just I, I just I I just like listen to myself. I'm like stupid, stupid. I just keep punching myself, and then eventually I just succumb succumb to like the unconsciousness. No, anyway, I'm kidding. Um, no, like. Uh, yeah if it's a spotify check it out like um again uh we're on
1: a lot of different yeah. listening platforms and if you if you do listen on any one of those platforms and they have a rating review thing yep. do that please for the love of god give us some love or give us some hate i mean we're we're always listening yeah, for black
0: it just, it just blows my mind every time like i just you know we i've been doing this for what years now and you've been on for what you're getting close to like a year and a half uh getting you're getting there you know you you're getting some you're getting some experience under your, your belt there terry um it's just when we know people that we know for as long as we have where it's like oh i have like uh two stripes on my white belt you know it's like <laughs> c- one day terry will approach to his uh his uh yellow belt i'm kidding uh no um no it's just like you know we just know people that are like oh you guys podcast i'm like yeah I'm sorry that I have a brain disease that I talk about it every three seconds, but you've not been paying attention to anything I've been saying for the past five years. Oh, maybe I should have a baby, then people would pay attention to my social media posts. That's not happening. No. Okay. Good. All right. I have. <laughs> I, I have. I have no. Three, no, I have three cats. I'm good. So, all right. Let's just get into what we're talking about next. And now, Mr. Serling. So we're continuing on our detours in December before we get into the '80s Twilight Zone. Uh, we're getting into a um, syndicated series called Monsters that uh, I remember growing up. Um, I remember it fondly because it would be on the weekends. It was it was always that and tells from the dark side. We're always like back to back and uh, we're getting into season one, episode 18, the match game, which according to the internet is like one of the best rated episodes of the series. Not that we want to like go in and be like, we're going to cherry pick, but monsters was around for what, three seasons or something like that. I believe, um, you know, and syndicated run times at that time, there was probably like 20, 30 episodes a season. Um, I'm just guessing, but we'll get into more of that, um, next week, but I love me some monsters. It's Going to be a lot of fun to get into,
1: yeah. I, this is something that's like a, a sore spot for me. Like, I haven't watched any of the series and I feel really disappointed in myself.
0: You'll and love the intro sequence, it's goofy, it's going to be great, it's man. To, like, fun. it,
1: yeah. I mean, Cana- Canadian production, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh,
0: and also, this is available on Amazon Prime. It's, 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 it's well. It's on um, imdbtv.com, so if you go there, .com, it's imdbtv, you can watch it with ads, and it's like 21 minutes, so we're going to get into that, it's going to be a lot of fun, can't wait to get into it. Yeah, it shouldn't be too difficult, so uh, yeah,
1: I mean, I can't wait to discuss this, with you, Paul, and uh, man, it's going to be a hell of a year.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, everybody have a good week, have a safe week, and in the meantime, um, I don't know, um, watch Cigarette Burns, but don't watch other things that are will scar you for life. Uh, Maybe
1: be careful what you watch.
0: What is it that you Americans say? Relax, chill out.